Welcome to the ShakeOut Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. This week, Maddie Kelly and I talk surprise performances at the U Sports Cross Country Championships. Plus, we bring you incredible results from the Indianapolis Marathon, the World Para Athletics Championships, and more. This is the rundown. Okay, we are rolling. Welcome back to the true Great White North, Maddie. Thank you. There's so much snow I had to shovel today. You shoveled? I shoveled. Did, did you have to like shovel your car out of your driveway? Yeah, actually, this is really funny. I was, I thought of this this morning because I was scraping my car with a picture of me on a summer vacation. Yes, that's so appropriate. <laughs> from two years ago. And I just found it in the back of my vehicle. And it's like my sister and I on a beach like, eh. <laughs> and I was using it to scrape the snow off of my car. Just Classic. And then like it's like snow dropped in my boots and then my feet were wet. And I was wearing my parka and I was like, this is terrible. And then I looked down at the photo and I was like, this is... I don't know what this is, but it's kind of a sick joke. So the thing is, though, you have no excuse to not have like a, a scraper brush and a scraper and proper winter tire. You're from Pembroke. I don't have winter tires because they're in Pembroke. I'm going home to get them soon. Oh, winter. I said winter attire, but also winter tires. And both. I have winter attire. I'm just cold in the summer, which makes gotcha. winter hard Fair. for me. I can relate to that. And I should have a scraper. I yes. don't know who took my scraper. I don't have a scraper. Right now I have a photo of me on a beach <laughs> that, that I'm using so to better. scrape my car. Yeah, I kind of like that. Well, we in Toronto got one of the biggest dumpings of snow that I can remember. It snowed for 20 hours straight. Um, and then I woke up this morning and my coaches were like, 7 a.m. workout. And they had... we so. There's a trail, a running trail for our non-Ontario-based listeners along Toronto's lakeshore called the Martin Goodman Trail. And much to the chagrin of all the motorists in the city. They, chagrin, great word. Thank you. Yeah, I, I keep it in my arsenal for moments like this. Mm-hmm. Um, much to the chagrin of the motorists in the city, they often end up plowing and salting the MGT before they even touch the roads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so runners and cyclists, I mean, at 7.30 this morning, it was dry as a bone. It was fantastic. Yeah. So it was really, really cold. I think we peaked out at about minus 16 this morning. Mm-hmm. But uh, then you and I are going to go do it again after this taping. Yeah. You got to get the miles in. we're Canadian. And winter's probably here to stay-ish. Shh. Don't say it. Anyway, that um, that photo of you and your sister on a beach it needs to be framed somewhere and you can just stare at it in the moments of hibernation. I think I'm just going to leave it in my car. Yeah. The backup scraper. Yeah. I'm going to keep scraping Good with call. it. <laughs> Well, I say welcome back to the Great White North because we had talked last week about how you went on this crazy expedition to the Big Nickel, which I didn't know is what Sudbury was called. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, oh, you Toronto people! I know. Well, I, again, I knew there was a Big Nickel there. I just didn't put the two together. So that's my own, you know. Yeah. But um, you then went on what a four-hour trip to New York City? Yep, I was there for four hours. How was that? Ah, uh, great. <laughs> You were there for like a new shoe launch. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, you know, the old get in, get out. Yeah, quick yeah. and dirty. Quick and dirty. And then I went to Kingston for U Sports. Yeah. It was very fun. Well, why don't we start there? Deal. Because 
we're right in the throes of like really exciting major cross country stuff. So let's start with let's start with you, sport, because you had made all those awesome predictions last week. I was pretty accurate. You were great, actually. I was pretty accurate. I would like to do. I would like for maybe Anne or someone to do like a follow up article with your like Maddie Kelly's accuracy. Yeah. yeah, like a report card. I think you would come out very well. <laughs> I think if people saw the headline, because I'm like famously known for like making facts up. Like I'll like <laughs> don't say that on the air as a journalist. No, 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 not like stuff I write about like in like my own personal oh, history. Okay. Thank like, you for I'll clarifying. Be, like, remember to my sister, I'll be like, remember when we were ten and like this happened, and she'll be like, I don't. You read that in a novel. I don't think that's true. Yeah. Or I'll tell my parents like, yeah, like a few weeks ago when we did this, and they're like, that's no loosely true. Okay, you have a very active imagination, is what yeah. you're telling. Okay, so good. I think if. My friend saw a headline and it was like Maddie Kelly's like accuracy test or something. They'd be like, this is hilarious. It right. all is probably wrong. Right. And yet you nailed it. I nailed it. Okay. Talk us through it. Well, first of all, Lou Dog Stafford. <sighs> she was amazing. Yeah. No one could touch her. Nope. So super proud of her. She had Graves' disease. Well, she remains to have Graves' disease, but yep. she's just gotten it under control now. She- and that wasn't something many people knew about, right? Because she kind of went through a bit of a performance slump, which would be totally acceptable for someone who doesn't have an autoimmune condition. Yeah. We all go through them. But she had a pretty darn good reason for it. Yeah. And she's come back super strong, which is very exciting to see. Yeah. Who else from that? Kieran Lum. Huge, huge run. Yes. He was third at the Canwest Championships, and he was 45 seconds behind first place. Yeah. And then he bettered his position by two spots and, like, looked killer at nationals. So that yeah. was super exciting. And I love the flack. I don't love the flack that you got, but I think it's funny that you got so much internet flack for calling him a surprise winner. Yeah, I got some. Because we all knew he was a great runner. But again, when you come third at your conference by a significant margin and then turn around and win the whole darn Canadian championship. Yeah, you win the whole shooting match, as right. my father would say. That's I don't want to run into your father in a dark alley. I feel like he'd be a, a guy to, to no, tango he's, with. He's a really, no, he's a really kind man. Okay. Yeah. I believe that too. All right. Kieran Lump. Kieran Lump. Yeah. Killer run. Killer run. Great run for the UBC Thunderbirds. Their first time ever to U Sports Championship. They're new to the league. Wow. Great addition. Amazing. Um, Anne-Marie Camo, who was second for the women. Yeah. She, Barely races. Right. She's a cross-country skier, an Olympian at right. that. You know. That helps. So she's extremely good, obviously. And it's fantastic cross-training. But mm-hmm. there's still a certain amount of specificity that you need. Oh, for sure. And it's very impressive that she was able to do that well off of that little race experience. And who else are my standouts? Oh, yeah. McMaster Men, second. That was also a surprise. That was also a surprise. Good and for they them. beat Guelph, went down to a tiebreaker. So that was super exciting for them and their program. And I would say those are really my my standouts. People who underperformed, Jean Simon, Laval. Because mm-hmm. we were kind of calling him for the win. Everyone was. Yeah. He was 18th. So sometimes, well, I don't know if you have any intel. I mean, sometimes there's not really an explanation other than maybe to there's too much knowledge, pressure. It was just a rough day. Yeah. Cause like I was talking to like friends of his before the race, like, like Charles was there and he was like, no, Jean Simon is going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, there was no indication from him who he trains with, right. that like anything was going wrong and you know, bad days happen. It's just too bad when they happen on championships. That's a big one. Yeah. But, um, He's got two more years of eligibility. He could totally come back and, you know, win it another year. But yep. it was not his day on Saturday. And also the McGill women. Not Mm-mm. great. No. Not also great. kind of an upset. Yeah. 
How many, could you get a sense of how many of these U-sport runners, because they've had a pretty intense um, collegiate season so far, do you think many of them will go on to race the Athletics Canada National Championships? Or what do you think most of them? I mean, it's tough as a three-sport athlete in, in university, right? Because you're cross-country and then you're right into indoor and then most of them continue to unless, compete for outdoors. Yeah, unless there's like something at stake at the national championships, like a team people mm-hmm. want to make. I think most will shut it down. Okay. I know Lucia will shut it down. Right. I think Kieran will probably shut it down. And when are the national championships for cross-country? They're in Abbotsford, British Columbia, and they are on November 30th. Coming up. Coming right around up. the corner. And Abbotsford should be some good cross-country weather. Yeah, hopefully a little warmer. It'll yeah. Be, it'll be warm and wet. Yeah. Yeah. Super yeah. gross. Great. Perfect. The grosser, the better when you're a spectator or a journalist. Exactly. <laughs> Last piece of cross-country news is that there is going to be some changes to race distances next year. Men and women both run an 8K. And this stirred a shocking amount of controversy. Because I heard this and I was like, finally. Right. We're running the same distance. Yes. Great. As we should be. We being men and women. Yeah. Human beings of Human planet Earth. Human beings of planet Earth. But a lot of people are kind of cheesed that it's not 10K. They thought the jump should be both to 10K because that's what at the senior, national, and international yeah. level, men and women are both expected to race. Okay. A couple questions about this. Just for, so that our listeners are aware, what is the current race distance for men and women? Men race 10K. Women race 8K. However... Men and women, when they graduate high school in Ontario, they finish at 6K. That's what they both race at the officer level. So So if you're a 19-year-old or an 18-year-old froshy on your team, and the longest you've ever raced as a guy is... 6k cross country and all of a sudden you're asked to do 10 that's a that's a completely different distance it's a, i mean it's a it's different a very event. significant jump as someone personally who in my university career went from 5k to 6k to 8k mm-hmm. five to six i barely Not noticed six to eight let me tell you big jump huge yes kicked my rear different energy systems yeah. different yeah physiological requirements I'm not really one of those 815 runners. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm an 8 runner. You're a pure so 800, yeah. 8 kilometers, 10 times my <laughs> yeah. desired race distance really feels like my marathon. So do you think that that's part of the, the reasoning and the rationale for making this 8K is that we don't want to turn a lot of people off from cross country? Because you could, you could imagine we already have a hard time getting mid-distance runners like yourself to buy into XC. Yeah. So if all of a sudden you made it 10K across the board, I would imagine a huge chunk of that population would just fall off and say, forget it, not for me. Well, and that's what like my coaches and I had talked about it because there was a conversation when I was in school that we would, women and men would both go to 10K. Right. And my coaches had always said, if it gets any higher than eight, you're not going to do it anymore Mm -hmm. because it doesn't make any sense for you. Um, And even when I was racing 8K, I was training like I was racing 6K and just really gutting it out on race day. So here's my take on that, because I no longer race cross country at, in any description. Mm-hmm. But my argument would be, if you're a man wanting to, or if you're just anyone running, wanting to race at the international level, and it's 10k, mm-hmm. it's really easy to train as a 10k cross runner and race 8k. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to train as a mid distance athlete whose longest race up until that point has been five or 6k mm-hmm. and to run 10k. You can't train for one and race the other. 100%. But you can train for a 10k, especially because they don't happen at the same time. You'd have a, a little bit more like time to continue. It's not like the 10 to the 8 are wildly different no, systems. Exactly. Like you can be, because like for 
like the context, like I just said, I was already training for 6K racing eight. Right. <laughs> then I would have been training for 6K racing 10. Yeah. Almost doubled the distance. Totally. Completely different event. Ugly finish for me. Yes. For sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. And there just aren't the sheer volume of athletes in Canada that there are in the NCAA that can mm-hmm. support these longer distance races. We don't even have a 5,000 meter indoors. Right. You That's know? true. That's we, a really good we point. We cap out at the 3,000, three. yeah. which I think is if they wanted to put the 5K in U-Sport, completely fine. Mm-hmm. But my thing is that um, if they don't think that they have the numbers to support a 5,000 on the track, right. in what world do we have the numbers to support 10K cross country? Great point. Yeah. That's my take. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. And I'm sure we'll get a lot of feedback from the runners. I would also imagine maybe they're a little quieter, but there must be a, a good chunk of guys who are feeling Thrilled. okay about dropping down to eight. The men's, <laughs> my, like the men's team when I was in school hated 10K. Mm-hmm. We're a team of middle distance runners. Right. Yeah. And you want to be able to nurture both sides of it. So interesting. Well, um, good on you sport for committing to gender equity in race lengths for 2020. And Mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes. Onto the roads. Onto the roads at the Indianapolis Marathon. Big Canadian results. Yeah. Also, okay, I'm going to start with the mass finish. Yes, please do. People from the Indianapolis Marathon qualified for the U.S. Olympic Trials. Unprecedented. 39. 22 of those were women, and of those women, four of those women were masters. There are going to be a record number of participants in the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials this year, with race directors predicting over 600 runners. Over 600 runners at the at an U.S. Olympic, Olympic trials, trials in the marathon. Yeah. We're not talking about Kenya. We're talking about the U.S. We're talking about the U.S. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. So, and a lot of people apparently have started using these trials as sort of like their Boston. Like if you're oh, like cool. super elite instead yeah. of being like super elite, super, like, like, like if you're like super sub elite or whatever you want to call it, instead of using like Boston as like your big race you want to qualify for, yeah. people have decided to use the trials because why not? Absolutely. That's such a cool experience to have. Totally. They only come around every four years, obviously. And there's so much prestige with that name. I mean, being able to say that you qualified for and competed at the Olympic trials is awesome. I mean, that's, I think most of those runners will go in knowing that they're not contending for a top three spot. They're not actually going the to be contending for the team. The biggest irony is of those 600 runners, you got about 20 who actually have a shot at making that team. Which is still a lot. Yeah. Like, let's say ballpark 10 women, 10 men right. have a shot yeah, yeah. at winding themselves on the Olympic team. Right. But like... Which means you have 580 people who are there for fun. But that's super cool. It's amazing. And even if they're, you know, if you're a younger runner, it's your first trials or it's your first crack at trying to make the Olympic team for the marathon or whatever it is, it's all still great experience. Absolutely. We talk about that all the time, how there need to be these intermediary levels so that people don't just have, you know, no sort of launching pad from, let's say, their collegiate or post-collegiate team Mm -hmm. to the international level. Like, what a great intermediary. I think it's awesome. That's really great. I agree. And in Canadian results, Victoria Coates ran a big old PB. Yeah. 112 38. That's big. That's big. Excited yeah. for marathon results from her. Should she should she no step kidding. up? She was where did she place? Was she second? Third. She, she won it last year, right? The half? Yeah. I believe. But so. ran significantly faster this year. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. And then Denise Robson smashes the Canadian women's 50 marathon I record. I love this story. It's so cool. 
And of course, she's. We talk about this all the time. Of course, she's from the Maritimes. Yeah, she is. They're tough. She's from Dartmouth, and she's part of the Halifax Roadhammers, I believe they're called. Yeah, great name. Yeah. In fact, there were a lot of Roadhammers that hammered. There were some some hammering hammers out there. Yeah, tons. Yeah, it was really good to I see. I have a question. Yeah, is Indianapolis one of the Twin Cities? Nope. That is Minneapolis, St. Paul. That is Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yes, different state. The Greek was throwing me off. Indianapolis, oh, yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming those are Greek in I would derivation. I assume that you are correct. Also, great word, derivation. Thank you. I don't think I've ever used that word once. But no, Minneapolis, St. Paul is in Minnesota. Indianapolis mm. is in Indiana. They're, they're, they're close. They're, okay. they're good old cousins, but uh, thank you yeah, for my different places. geography lesson. No problem. Yep. Um, so Denise Robson, let's talk about her. 249.05, mm-hmm. four minute per K average, mm-hmm. huge negative split. Mm-hmm. Um, she can go way faster. Oh, yeah. Three minute negative split in a marathon to run that fast. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. That's amazing. There are just countless stories of our master's women doing um, unbelievable things in the marathon. Mm-hmm. It's really, really great to see, especially because she had a bit of a rocky road getting to this point. Yeah. She had had like two and a half years of Achilles tendon issues on like alternating side to side. And as someone who's gone through like seven years of Ach- Achilles tendinopathy, I know what a bummer that is because it's like unless you fully tear it. It's one of those injuries that's annoying because it's not like bad enough to stop you from exercising altogether, but it's enough to like it's severely limit your consistency. So she wasn't able to like get in any kind of consistent training over the last two and a half years. But I've also had experience with this super kind of nerdy piece of medical information here. She found success in the nitroglycerin patch. You were talking about this. Yeah. So it's um, something I've actually nitroglycerin. Aren't those used for strokes? Yes. Yes, they are. In fact, it was developed as a heart medication. And it's interesting because a nitroglycerin patch, for listeners who don't know, it's a very small, it looks like a piece of film, like clear Mm -hmm. plastic. And it's called a reservoir patch, meaning that there's this tiny bit of nitroglycerin that sits within that kind of sticky um, film. And you put it on the part of the body that does not get enough blood flow. Um, and it's a vaso- uh, exactly because it's so far from the heart. Yeah, and uh, it's a vasodilator, so it helps to dilate your blood vessels so and bring cool. more blood to that area. So yes, it was developed originally to help people who are having heart issues, but they've found really good success on many different parts of the body with it. Awesome, I know, and great to hear that Denise had good success with it. You want to know how I know that about nitroglycerin? Please tell me. I was a lifeguard in high school, mm. and there was an elderly gentleman who would come to the pool every morning, Yeah, and he called himself Nitro Man <laughs> because he had to, I don't know if it was either use a patch or administer the medication, yeah. and he swam every single day, wow. and occasionally he would walk in and say, I had a little episode this morning, ladies, like meaning like he'd had like a mini stroke and then he'd hop in the pool and do his laps. Oh, okay. And we were in like we're lifeguards and we're yeah. 16 and we were like, mm-hmm. have the responsibility of potentially saving yeah, a man yeah. who's going to stroke so out the we pool. Literally, we would assign one person to self-proclaimed nitro man and uh, he was lovely he, he brought us like he brought us cookies at christmas he he was very dedicated to the swimming um and he had a great nickname and he had a great nickname for go himself. nitro man so I that's love how that. i know about that <laughs> that's awesome well whether it be your heart or your achilles or some other part of your body if you're having issues talk to your doctor because it's becoming a more popular thing to use glad glad to see science is cool man science is really cool it's really neat keeping people active 
Yes. And our final piece of road news. Vicody Chipango, who's a 26-year-old Kenyan woman who won the Great Equalizer Challenge at the Monterey Bay Half Marathon. Okay, explain what that is because it's pretty cool. It's super cool. Actually, there's a few that run in Toronto. Black Toe Running does one every year. A little shout out to them. Anyway, how the race works is the women get a nine-minute and five-second head start on the men. So the idea... Sorry, over what distance? A half marathon. Wow. So the idea is that... If it's done, like if people sort of race to their predicted ability, the first man and woman should cross at the exact same time, the finish line. But this young woman had an incredible performance, ran a 108.23 half, which is a personal best and a new course record. Wow. And she smoked the men. So she won the race outright. Well, yeah, because they would have had to break 60, minute, 60 minutes yeah. to beat her. Yeah. Wow. So she won the race outright, won an extra three grand, and uh, pretty pretty good day at the, at the races for her. That's neat. Mm-hmm. I like that concept. I think it's great. I mean, and I think it also, because these, these disparities in race start are often fairly scientific. Like, there's been a lot of research that's gone into, how, like, what have the average finishing times been over the previous years? And it kind of shows you... Because we we talk so often as women's times being in relation to men's times. Mm -hmm. And because men tend to run, like men's barriers are a little cleaner, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're an elite man in the marathon, you're running sub 210. If Mm. you're Kipchoge, you're running sub two hours. If you're in the half, you know, a really fast half is sub 60. And with women, it's kind of like, what's the equivalent? Like, how can we figure that out? Yeah. And we have these IAAF tables, but like, who knows? Right. Yeah. But this is neat to see that she kind of demolished it. And I actually emailed the race director to be like, how did you come up with nine minutes and five seconds? So like, keep you posted if he gets back to me. Yeah, let's do a follow up on that. I'd be very curious. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's usually it's usually based in quite a bit of like history. Well, and and like the fact like like nine minutes and five seconds, like they didn't just go like "Mm, nine minutes. Right. Yeah, 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 totally. It's it's for sure based in something. Also, there was like money on the line. So another reason why it's based (laughs) in something. Yes, of course. Yeah. Good job, Cody. Yeah. And finally, Sarah Inglis, our honorary Canadian. Yeah, I'd call her honorary. Yeah. So she's actually with a U. U. She is based in British Columbia. She is a citizen of Great Britain, but she runs in Canada all the time. She runs her national championships some years. And she ran a new personal best. She was very, very similar um, finish to Victoria Coach. She ran 112.23. Yeah. And... Victoria was 112.38. Yeah. Super cool. Things are happening in the half. I like it. So we've got a little bit of track news to cover because the World Para-Athletic Championships, the WPA Championships, are taking place currently in Dubai. And just as the IAAF World Championships were very late this year because they were in a very hot country parallel story here. And we've been doing really well. We've had a ton of top eight uh, finishes across all distances and and both sexes, but our first two medals of the championship came from the fabulous Mr. Brent Lakatos. He won his thirteenth gold medal today. That is unbelievable, and I think he has eighteen medals all overall. Yeah, that's incredible. He's uh, he's he's the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he won the t- his division is T fifty three his category, mm-hmm. and he won gold in the hundred, yep. and he was silver in the four hundred. 
Super cool. And we see this with some of the para, especially some of the um, wheelchair athletes. Well, they'll do like seven events. <laughs> so I think he was saying like he just missed qualifying for the final and the 1500, but he still had the 800 to race. And it's like, look at the range of these They're guys. Like swimmers. Cool. Like, yeah, know, like swimmers That's swim a billion true. events in one day. Yeah. Yeah. And Liam Stanley of Victoria, who I've actually trained with a little bit, he's also a phenom. Um, he also plays on Canada's para soccer team. Super cool. I know. He's a very, very accomplished athlete. He broke his own Canadian record in the T37 division of the 400 meter in 5418. Wow. I know. It's moving. <laughs> That's really moving. Yeah. And he did it in the qualifying round. So way to go, oh Liam. I know. Fantastic. So stay tuned to runningmagazine.ca because we will continue updating you on all of the WPA results as the championships continue in Dubai. And then it's going to be a really quick turnaround for them into the Paralympics. Yeah, yeah. I can't even talk about it. How late this season is. <laughs> all right. Again, we, we, we don't need to go there. It's not outdoor track yet. But um, yeah, our para-athletes are doing some pretty fantastic things on the world stage. So stay tuned. And then final little piece of news onto the trails. The Western States Endurance Run, which is the world's oldest 100-mile trail race. The lottery is now open. Woo! It's open from November 9th through 16th. Mm -hmm. So if you are interested and you have the means to qualify for that. Interested, aka everyone in the trail world. Right, exactly. Yeah. The lottery is now open. Pay attention to that because your window closes very soon. And they celebrated the lottery window opening by bringing in a whole bunch of new uh, board members. Including awesome. a new president who is a woman, Diana Fitzpatrick, and they are working towards gender parity on their board, and they are now 40% female on their board, which this is pretty is cool. This is why I think trail is the utopia that we all need to aspire to. Not that they're there yet. Right. We should be 50-50, okay. but they're working. They're working. Yeah. They're working. And their whole goal is, you know, there's kind of been this uh, this concept in trail running that it's kind of an old boys club and we've seen women not only increasing participation in huge numbers but just flat out winning races winning outright so their needs need to be addressed and the more that we can have diversity on our boards of directors in the sporting world the better absolutely agreed for the week of november 11th i'm kate and i'm maddie and we will come back next week with more <laughs>